Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. You guys, get your Bibles out. If you've got one on the phone, get it. Use it. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing sometimes how the Word of God can encourage us, like Mario said, when you don't even know that you needed it. Colossians chapter 2. This kind of segues into Ephesians. We'll, we'll get to it here in just a minute. In Him we move and breathe and, and have our being. But a lot of times we don't even know what we need and then we just... But God knows what we need. And Mario was really talking about in Him. We're, we're passing out what's called the, the Certificate of Debt. Because if you'll follow along the scriptures, you're going you're gonna to be able to tie this in and you'll be able to tie Ephesians in and you'll be able to tie the words that have been spoken this morning. I don't know about you, but it blesses my heart when I see people like the group that comes from the OARC get up and testify unto the Lord. You know, we think we got it all together and we think we got benefits that they don't have. And I know people got a lot more benefits what they got, but they don't have the heart they have. And I struggle. I struggle because I want God to be God and I want Him to change and shape and mold our hearts And this is part of it today because we need to be built up not in ourselves and not from the accolades of somebody else, but it needs to be through Christ. So Colossians chapter 2, it says you are built up in Christ. And you can go back through. We had talked about last week about the circumcision and the uncircumcision and that the circumcision had to be of the heart. I don't know, Bobby, can you, it sounds like I'm in a well. Are you able to work that out at all or? Um, but it, uh, I don't know if it's just, a, yeah, a wing, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever. It sounds like I'm in a well or a ringing or whatever, but I know you'll continue to work on that. Thank you for doing that. We talked about circumcision and circumcision of the heart. And, you know, we can, you can be circumcised of the flesh, but how many even know it's not about the flesh, it's about the heart. And Shelly got up and we, we, we read this scripture and, the Lord continued to, to work with me on this scripture in uh, Colossians chapter 2. And I'm just going to start at verse 1, but there's some places I want to stop at. But this was, this was Paul, and he was talking about the Colossian church. And they were dealing with Gnosticism where they just said that anything spiritual is good, but if you have anything natural, it's, it's, of, it's, it's evil. Everything other than in the spirit is evil. And we know that God's created all things for our enjoyment. So, you know, you can take um, that chair and it can be good or bad. If, if I sit in it and you sit in it and, it and it gives you rest, that's a good thing. If you take it and beat your neighbor over the head with it, it's not a good thing. But he was dealing with that mindset. And we deal with that mindset today. We deal with a, a, a real difficult mindset sometimes of who God is and how good God is. And that God wants to be involved in everything. And he wants to have you peace. 
But that peace is going to come from from him. It's going to come from Christ. You know, uh, it's not long ago that they, they let you go at work. And I can't imagine the unrest that's there and, and the, the uncertainty that's there. But we need that peace. So Paul is talking about the church in Colossians. And, and at verse 1 says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on, on your behalf and for those who are in Laodicea and for all those that have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom we are hidden all, excuse me, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Look at me just a moment. There's still things hidden in Christ that we haven't figured out. There's still things hidden in Christ that you haven't even accessed yet. There's those mysteries of the things in God that we can look at and go, I don't understand it, but when we trust God in the midst of it, that can be a mystery. There's mysteries to people. People don't understand God. They don't understand how he's working. They don't understand, and they, and they don't even know him, and they don't understand him. And there's many that know him that understand him, but there's things that are hidden. There are treasures hidden, and it's only going to come through Christ. Do you guys understand that? I can pay as much money to try to get as much knowledge as I possibly can get, but I will never get that which is hidden in Christ that is laid up for me to be able to access and receive. I can love unconditionally, and then there still can be areas in my life because that which is hidden is hidden in Christ, and it's a mystery laid up for me. I can try to have peace and I can get away from the crowd and I can get by myself and all of a sudden peace cannot come. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can be alone and try to be alone and say, look, I just, just give me, just everybody get away from me. I just need some time. And you can still go and have that time to try to get that peace. And that peace never come because it is in Christ. It says, I say this, that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. Verse 5, for even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless, I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. So here is the Apostle Paul talking to the church, and he says, you have discipline, and I'm a good discipline, because discipline makes a big difference. And a lot of times we think there's no discipline in our lives, that I'm free in Christ, and I cannot be disciplined. No, I'm telling you, Christ was disciplined. Hello? And I'm not talking about making somebody disciplining your children, or I'm not talking about that type of discipline. I'm saying being able to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Being able to identify that which is going on in our heart and understand that there's still issues in my heart and I have got to be disciplined to have self-control because if I don't have self-control, I can get angry. Come on, somebody. So there's that, there's that discipline that, that he's talking about. He says, you got good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. How many times are we over here because of a circumstance 
and we're, we feel like we're sliding away from God and, and all of a sudden we're back in here and oh, we're just so, it's so good. It's so wonderful. It's so good. And then pressure comes and issues come and, and, and work comes or children comes and, and our life comes and all of a sudden we feel like we are getting away from Christ. Are you with me? Has anybody ever felt that way before? Is it just me? And Weldon. <laughs> but he says the stability of your faith. You see, it's that times, Mario, I'm going to use you as an example. It's the time when you say, I don't have peace that you've got to find in Christ. Because what happens is all of a sudden it becomes a stability because you're wavering like this and you're wavering like that and you're wavering like this. And all of a sudden you begin to become stable stable in your faith and you say it's going to be all right god's got a way he's got a place he's got a situation he's got a circumstance no matter what's going on now your faith begins to rise up and you become stable can i get an amen look i'm years ago years ago i years ago i had this nice fast car but when you went through curves, the stability wasn't there. And they used to have, I'm trying to look at some of the guys that were my age, they used to have um, these these stability uh, um, like deals that you would put underneath, you would bolt to the to the rear end of your car and it would give you stability when you go through a turn. Does it, you know what, or NASCAR, you know, when, when, when there's, when, when it's loose, they call it loose. When a guy's making a curve and, and, and the car begins to slide, it's loose. And they've got some things that they can crank down in order to be able to have the car sit lower and the stability of the car not to get into an accident. This is the very thing that Paul was talking about, that the stability in your faith is going to bring you back to where you don't crash or go out of control or do something you shouldn't do come on somebody that that you'll go back to where god had delivered you out of you want to try to go back to that and he's saying no 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 because it's in christ that all of a sudden your faith will rise up and you'll say okay i'm stable turn to the person next to you and say you got to get stable we got to get stable. We've got to get, we got to have stability in our Christ. I mean, in Christ. If we don't have stability in Him, then we will go any which way the wind is blowing. So he goes on. Can I, can I go on this morning? He says, the stability of your faith in Christ. Verse six. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. How many of you know difficult times establish your faith? They challenge you. They challenge you. They, they establish, it establishes your faith. Not only your faith in Christ, but even in your faith in your ability to have peace when you have no peace. Or to get strength when you're weak. Or your ability to have an understanding when you really don't understand and trust God in the midst of what you don't understand. He says, having been built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Man, how many of us quit being grateful for what God has? We just stop. We just, it's like, oh gosh, he's got this or this is happening or geez, I just heard about this in their life and oh God, they don't even follow you and they're, they're, they're experiencing these things 
and, and all of a sudden we've quit being grateful for what God has given us and, and done in our lives. And we get to looking at everybody else and then we throw a little pity party. Are you with me? But he says we still need to be grateful. Somebody say grateful. We've got to be grateful. I mean, you know, it's raining, it's raining. And the first thing I thought was most of the people aren't going to come to church because it's raining. But now I'm grateful for that those of you that are here because those of you that are here are going to receive something. And all of a sudden you may have been wavering like this and now you're beginning to get stable in your faith and you're going to overcome that which is coming against you and you're going to be able to have victory in that which is coming against you. And today is going to be part of the reason why you're going to have that victory. Amen. He says, overflowing with gratitude. You know, I, I am going to put a plug in for the new era. Um, can you put that deal up, Mike? The the new you guys in your in your in your um, in your bulletin. There's a deal for a new era journal. Uh, this is not an option. Get it. Because I think you need to start writing down. We need to start writing down. Even when we're grateful, we need to start realizing and and understanding what we are grateful for and keep a list of it. Because, man, sometimes it's easy to forget what I'm grateful today. In three months from now, I may forget about why I was grateful and what God has done in my life. But I want to encourage you to get that and, and to order one of those in order for you not only to write down your dreams, but also write down what you're grateful for. And we were talking about, you know, even the things that God's doing, the moments that God has done. We There's memorial stones that if you walk out, you may trip over them because we brought them out Sunday and we placed them out there. And, and, and we want you to be reminded of what God has done when he crossed the, the Jordan River. They, that's what those memorial stones are for. And, and in order to be able to do one of these, I, I'm, I'm going to put a plug in because I'm thinking this is going to be really important. Not today, but in the upcoming days and the months ahead. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna walk into some things in a year from now that you're going to be able to open up and you're going to look and see why you're grateful for certain things. And all of a sudden you're going to say, wow, okay, God, I can get through this. So he talks about being, being grateful, overflowing with gratitude. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through uh, uh, philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world. The world does not want you, number one, to go to, 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 to get involved in Christ in any way, shape, or form. The world doesn't want you. And then if you do give your heart to Jesus, it definitely doesn't want you to go to church because at church you're going to be encouraged or you're going to learn something you wouldn't normally learn. And the world's going to put... Stuff on Facebook that are skewed scriptures, come on, and you're going to read something, you're going to go, gosh, I didn't understand it that way. Or now they're trying to, to make it read however they want to read, and then you're going to believe some from somebody that has a doctorate or whatever it might be, and they're tr- all they're trying to do is twist the scriptures and give you an opportunity to be able to question what God has already solidified in your heart and get you out of peace instead of keeping you in peace. Can I get an amen? 
So we, I'm just saying that's how the world operates, whether it's through Facebook or anywhere else. It, it operates that way. It says, rather than according to Christ. He says, there's elementary principles in the word of God. And then the word's going to try to change, the world's going to try to change that. But he is saying that um, that the, those principles of the world don't use those, but rather of to Christ. Verse 9, here it is. For in him... There it is right there. In him. Say in him. In him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And in him. Mine is capitalized. Mine is capitalized. Meaning in him as in Jesus. In him you have been made complete. Now I don't know about you. But I don't feel complete. Outside of him, I'm not complete, but in him, I am complete. Because in him dwells all the, with the fullness, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of the deity of God is in him. And if it's in him and we're in him, then we've been made complete in him. I I, I can say, well, my wife completes me. Really, I, I love it. She does complete me but the truth is according to the word when i'm in jesus he completes me so if i'm married or not married come on somebody if you're single or you're or you're or you you've been divorced or you whatever it might be you if you're in him you can still be complete in him come on somebody in him you have been made complete and it says and he is the head over all the rule and the authority and in him you were also There it is, circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh of the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcised of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Having canceled out the certificate of the debt. Everybody got a certificate of debt? Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of the decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, no one is, no one, no one, no one, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or respect to a festival, a new moon, a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels taking his stand on visions he's seen inflated without cause by the by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body is being supplied and held together 
by the joints and the ligaments grows with the growth, which is from God. Verse 20 says, if I have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all these things refer to the destined to purchase with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which have to be sure the appearance of the wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against the flesh. Let's of indulgence. Let's go back to verse 13. Verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions. When we were dead in our transgressions, that word transgressions actually actually involves sin. It actually involves um, trespasses. Are you with me? It, indro- it, it, it involves the transgression. So it's not just one thing. When you transgress, you can transgress on the law. He says, when you were dead, and we were all dead in our transgressions. This is not just some of the elite that were dead in their transgressions. This is not some of the, the, very, the very poor that are you know, dead in their transgressions. We were all dead in our transgressions and uncircumcised of your flesh. Remember, we talked about the circumcision being of the heart. It has to be of the heart. So, so when somebody comes up and gives a testimony of how good God is, maybe they've experienced God in a way that we haven't experienced. And we can't judge that. We can't judge that. We can't judge that no matter how we feel about a person or a thing or you yourself in what you're dealing with. He goes on and he says, the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Next slide, Mike. Having forgiven us what? All our transgressions. Not just some. Listen, I believe in confession of your transgressions, your issues, those things. That's good. It'll, it'll, it'll help you. But even if you haven't forg- uh, confessed something, he's going to forgive it. You may not even realize you transgressed on somebody. I may not realize that there was a transgression between Shirley and I. And don't you think God is big enough to be able to forgive all of that transgression? Confess or unconfess. Now, I'm all for confession. If you know about it, you better get it under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Give it to him. Okay. Verse 14. Having canceled out. Canceled out. Say that. Canceled out. Mean it's made null and void. The certificate of debt consisting of decrees. Now the certificate of debt, here's what would happen back in this time that we're talking about. They would, you would be able to write a certificate of debt. I'll use Chris, you owe, you owe something. They would write that down what your debt was. It was usually made on a, um, I guess it's called like a, it's a, a pompous, whatever it's called, pompous, uh, paper. And actually that could actually be almost erased it could actually be made wet and then you could almost just wipe it off 
So he would cancel out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us. So here's where I want to go this morning, right now. I want to go there right now. There may be some things that you think the enemy's got against you. And you got some stuff. I want you, not on the front of that, but I want you to take a pen and I want you to write some stuff on the back. I don't want to know your stuff. I don't care to know your stuff. Come on, somebody. Let's give it to God. So there may be some things. And here's what I want to do. We're going to be able to do exactly what Jesus has done, but this is a this is a prophetic act that we're doing. There's a certificate of debt with decrees against you. You should have done this and you didn't do that. So the enemy keeps bringing that up. You could have done this and you didn't do that, but the enemy keeps bringing it up. You got issues in your life that you've been trying to get over for 20 years and, and the enemy keeps bringing those issues up. And God says, look, I've already forgot about it. I've moved it away as far as the east is from the west. I'm not remembering those issues in your life because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Okay? So I'm asking you just to take a moment and write some things on the back of your certificate of debt. He goes on. He says, having canceled out their certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. I mean, those things aren't to make you feel better. Those things are hostile towards you to keep you from moving in your faith and your stability of the things of God. And he says, here's what Jesus has done. And he, being Jesus, has taken it out of the way. (laughs) I love it. He's canceled that sucker, having nailed it to the cross. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Bobby's going to play a little bit of music. I'm asking you just to say, what are some issues that you're maybe struggling with in your life? It might be lack of faith. It might be unbelief. It might be, it could be anything. It just doesn't have to be, well, you know what? When I was, you know, 17 years old, I made a mistake and did this, this, and this. And that was many years ago, 40 years ago. And, and God, you're never going to forgive me for that. No, he's going to. Take those things, those decrees that are against you, and I'm going to ask you just to write it down on the back of the of the certificate of debt. Then I'm going to ask you to come and put the certificate of debt right up here on, on the steps because I'm going to take that certificate of debt when we're all done, and we're going to take it to the cross and nail it. All right? Is that okay? All right. We'll let you, let you guys hear from the Lord. Jesus had taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross, and that's exactly what we're going to do.
Hey, Pastor Tom, would you help? Would you join me this morning, please? them right there. I'm going to have you help me nail these to the cross this morning. Somewhere down that stool. Got a nail. Let's just do a few of them at a time and we'll just kind of nail them right here on here. These are your debts. And I know Jesus has paid this already, okay? But sometimes it's a visual that I want you guys to be able to see that I hope will ingrain something in your mind and in your heart to know that it's been nailed to the cross for what Jesus has done for us. So just uh, just re- just remember this as we take these certificated debts and we begin to nail them. What do you think of that? That's what Pastor Tom said. Thank you. Thank you very much. Listen, that all the guilt, all the shame, all the inhibitions, all the failures, even all your successes, all those things Christ has taken 
to the cross. The enemy had a certificate of debt that said you owed, and God said, I am going to pay that. It is going to be paid in full. Somebody say that. Paid in full. It's paid in full once and forever. Now and forever, it is paid in full. You are debt free. Come on, somebody ought to give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him some praise in the house. Yes. Praise the Lord. Our debts are paid in full. Amen. Well, it's 1128, so I'm just going to pray. And before you leave, just come up and sow into the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's give our tithes and our offerings. Let's love on the Lord with our giving. As we know, we've been rec- we, we, we've been reminded here of what Jesus has done for us as our certificate of debt. He gave us salvation. Amen. He gave us salvation. He took all of our mess and he gave us salvation. That's a pretty good swap, isn't it? So, Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you that as we come and we give joyfully, Father, because, God, it is our honor and our privilege to give into your kingdom, Father, for to further your plans and your purposes. And we give today because we love you. We so into your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and give, and we love you. You guys have a great week.